3: If you dare.
2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
1: Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you. 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I showed up this morning without a glass of wine. Nope, couldn't couldn't pull a LeBron, not at uh, 7 a.m. out here on the West Coast. Uh, Very excited, though, for this weekend. I don't need any wine to get me through what should be an awesome day for sports, right? We got five bowl games, three don't really matter. I will tune in to Florida-Michigan. But the college football playoff today has me stoked. Uh, We will do plenty on those two games. I like one upset. I like one underdog, obviously. Um, We'll get to that shortly. We will do some NBA today. I know I've been talking on social media a lot about this show today. Folks, we will do some NBA. You cannot not do the NBA. Lakers, of course, the focus as always. But there's some other stories uh, out there, Lakers fell this week with a few Ls from fourth in the West to now seventh past oh sorry, tied by the Rockets. Kings nipping on their heels. Oh, tough week for the Lakers and LeBron. But I want to start the show obviously because it's week seventeen with the NFL. And you know, I talk a lot about gambling on this show. yes, uh we we will recap what happened in week sixteen. You guys, you know, who listen to my sports gambling podcast Coming Up Winners, you know it was a brutal uh end to what has been an awesome run for me. Just some really unlucky moments in week sixteen. But week seventeen, it's a new week. And there's a lot of new things happening in the NFL. And I want to start with a phrase that, you know, may anger some people. Uh, people who listen to this show regularly know that uh I like to start with Not quite a a rant, but there are some things that I'm seeing here heading into week 17 in the NFL, and it's kind of led me to a phrase. And that phrase is, identity is overrated. You know, people love the buzzwords, the corporate buzzwords, and I swear, every single time I talk about, uh, you know, sports, I hear someone on the other side saying, identity. What's their identity? Who has an identity? Do they lack an identity? It sounds so smart to say it, right? But I swear, everybody's using it wrong because they feel like you need an identity. And boys and girls, I- I'm telling you, that's overrated. It's unnecessary. And I'm going to start with a perfect example. The New England Patriots. Right? Right? New England Patriots. When Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe almost two decades ago, the Patriots' identity under Bill Belichick was defense. Brady was a game manager. They had guys like Ty Law, Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis. The Patriots' identity was defense. Ah, but then Bill Belichick reinvented the Patriots. Their identity changed. They were an offensive machine. Tom Brady led the league in points. I think the Patriots averaged like 35 points per game in that one undefeated regular season. Remember, uh, Brady had 50 touchdown passes. Randy Moss, Wes Welker, loaded at receiver, an offensive juggernaut. In just a few years, the identity of the Patriots changed. And of course, they lost the Super Bowl. And you know what? Bill Belichick is a smart guy. This is what smart people do. They don't stay with an identity the whole time. They pivot. Next identity for the Patriots, their new reincarnation. Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, RIP Aaron Hernandez, the serial killer. Um, They went to the two tight end look. And now we're seeing a smart Patriots team changing, not uh, through a yearly period. Folks, the Patriots identity is almost changing on a monthly or weekly basis. Did you watch that game last week? Did you watch what happened? Against the Buffalo Bills. Tom Brady looked awful. Tom Brady was terrible. One of the worst games I can recall that he's had in recent years. And uh, I forget who said it. Uh, Actually, Henry David Thoreau. He He had a great quote. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. And I didn't look and see, oh, Tom Brady's terrible. I said, wait, this team has just changed its identity. The Patriots became a running team. They went heavy with the two tight end sets, but not throwing the ball. Running, Sony Michelle. They rushed for, I believe it was, two hundred and seventy-five yards against the Bills. They changed their identity, folks. Smart teams, smart people, constantly reinvent themselves. It's called adjustments, and and that's why when you hear these uh, folks on TV trying to sound smart, you turn hear, see them on the radio. Uh, their shows are on TV. You read them online. Everybody's trying to say the corporate buzzwords. Identity. You. It's like you need that now. No, you don't. You don't. Think back to that Patriots Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons, right? I was talking to a former NFL coach. He was there at the game, and he's tight with some players on the Patriots. So he said to them, well, what happened at halftime? They were down big. Third quarter, down 28-3. Tom Brady comes into the locker room at the halftime of the Super Bowl. I have no time. They're killing the defensive line's getting to me. I can't do anything. Bill Belichick changed their identity at halftime. He said, We're just going to throw, throw it in the flat to James White. Short, quick passes to the running backs in the flat. They can't rush the passer as much because then they're going to get just destroyed in the flat. And what did James White do? He cut 14 passes. James White hadn't caught 10 passes in a game in his entire career. He caught 14 in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, you need to listen to what these people are saying when they're pushing identity. They don't know what they're talking about. This holds true not just for the Patriots. But did you see what happened with the Los Angeles Rams last week? Did 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 you watch that closely? Sean McVay, offensive genius. Hit the NFL like a comet last year with the Rams. I mean, he literally got the Offensive Genius label. It was in the headlines everywhere. They were the greatest show on surf. Ah, but here we are a year and a half into the McVay era with the Rams. And what has happened? Teams now have plenty of film on the Rams. And I don't want to hear the Cooper Cup stuff. Yes, that plays a small point to why they've struggled a bit here in the last month. But they did have 455 yards, and the offense had five touchdowns against the Chiefs. So, eh, it's not all Cooper Cup. Teams make adjustments. Smart teams make adjustments. The bad teams, the dumb ones, uh, they're not doing anything. They're getting torched. But look what the Rams did last week. Their identity has been tempo, tempo, tempo. Jared Goff passes down the field, jet sweeps. All this movement on offense. Very fun to watch. And McVeigh basically hit the brakes on that last week and said, mm, we're going to hold the ball for 37 minutes, run a million times. And yes, identity. It's overrated. The greatest show on surf rushed for 269 yards last week. They only pass for 192. McVeigh is smart. He said, listen, Goff's getting too much pressure. Teams have, are doing things and adjusting to slow us down. You know what? I'm going to throw a wrinkle at everybody. Here's CJ Anderson, who wasn't on our roster two weeks ago. Folks, even this doesn't just apply to sports. This applies to you at your job. You don't want to get pegged as, hey, that guy is that. He does that very well. Then it becomes your identity, and you can't change out of it. So to wrap this up, it's not just sports, it's you and your life, it's your job. And I want to wrap with a uh, a movie note that includes identity. Everybody knows who Bradley Cooper is, right? Bradley Cooper burst on the scene in Hollywood, I don't know, must have been 15 years ago, and he quickly got that rep as, oh, he's the party guy, he's fun, he's the frat guy, the preppy guy, he could play a jock. It was as if Bradley Cooper got typecast. Right. The Hangover. Wedding Crashers. He's just not that into you. It's it's I know you probably haven't seen that, but it's showing a lot now on cable and it has Scarlett Johansson. I mean, come on. The A team. but Bradley Cooper was essentially playing the same role in everything. Now, he did step out a little bit for Silver Linings Playbook. If you saw that great movie, by the way, American Sniper, still in that role. Tough guy, jock, American Sniper, another great movie. Bradley Cooper essentially had his identity set for him by Hollywood. Well, this is what you're good at. So Bradley Cooper pitched a movie to Warner Brothers. I think it was a couple years ago. And he wanted to remake A Star is Born. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, I love that movie. It's tremendous. Uh, I know remakes aren't great. This one is awesome. And Bradley Cooper told Warner Brothers, I want a star in the movie. And they're like, (laughs) Bradley we will let you produce, but... uh, you know, I, I, uh doesn't really seem like you, a music guy, a country music guy. And Bradley Cooper in this amazing profile in the New York Times kind of recaps the meeting, and he's like, shame on anybody that's going to tell you who you are and what you're capable of. He flipped his identity in a meeting with Warner Brothers and sold them on, I can play that role. And what happened? Bradley Cooper's going to sweep all the awards because he didn't let them create his identity for him just because he was an actor in those movies doesn't mean he can't step out and do something else just because the Rams are the greatest show on surf doesn't mean a smart Sean McVay can't say, well, we're going to hold the ball for 37 minutes and run it down their throats. And Bill Belichick is the greatest example. He reinvents the Patriots every few years, folks. You should be able to change. Smart people change frequently. And I'm telling you this. <laughs> we got Alabama, Oklahoma tonight. You seen uh you seen the kid Tua Tagavailoa all season, right? Tearing defenses up with the deep ball, quick tempo offense, a lot of spread, a lot of passes. So I'm hearing Tua is not quite a hundred percent. Will Nick Saban shock the world? and come out and say, we're going to flip our identity and Oklahoma's not going to be ready for it. We're going to run for 300 yards today against a team that couldn't stop Army, that couldn't stop Kansas on the ground. I'm telling you, the smart people change their identity frequently. And don't be surprised if Alabama does that tonight. Folks, I'm very, very excited for today's show. Almost 2019. 2019 is going to be a big year. Very exciting year in sports. But first... Before we get there coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio so is is LeBron's injury kind of a good thing for the Lakers well i don't know they just got they just got smoked last night by the clippers lost it at the buzzer a couple days ago to the kings but is it a good thing we'll discuss that next back here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio i was say am do you miss the christmas music No. (laughs) He had to think about that for like less than a quarter of a second. Yeah,
4: after a month straight of it, I think I'm good.
1: Dude, it it is a little depressing. Like, I'll get in the car the day after Christmas, and you hear a Christmas song, and you're like, all right, I guess that's over. You know, I I have the Hallmark channel on. In my car. Because I, I, I like get into the Christmas vibe, folks. Wait, that's a radio station? The Hallmark it's Channel? On, it's on Sirius, yeah. Okay. The, the Hallmark Channel. It just plays Christmas. It's still playing Christmas music well, today.
4: I think that, see, the thing is, is Christmas is one day and it ends, and then you go into this, like, depression. And needs, at Christmas needs to last, like, 10 days, and you can slowly wean off of it like a drug.
1: Ooh, How about that? I love that analogy. Drug analogies. Early in the morning out here in Los Angeles. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Um, hey Gavin, I've had to stay off social media this morning because of what happened last night with the Dennis Smith stuff. Didn't remember I talked about briefly Dennis Smith on this radio show? And yes, so sir. it's funny because you could talk about it on the radio show, but if people aren't listening at that moment or don't listen to the podcast, they miss it. And so I just mentioned casually, I mean, did you see the end of the Mavs game last night? I did not. Probably not. I did not. Yeah, (laughs) not many people did. (laughs) So Luka Doncic, of course, having another sick game, didn't get the ball with time running out for the game-winning shot. Dennis Smith kind of ball-hogged it. And I just put out there what I heard about Dennis Smith. That's his deal, dude. That's what he does. And the coach talked to him about it. And the players, like, they prefer J.J. Barea because he's passed first. And all these people tagged Dennis Smith in the tweet. And so... He said something like hashtag clown talk. So now all these people from Dallas are emailing me. Can you come on my radio show today? I'm like, I'm I, I'm not going to discuss it. I discuss it on my show, you know. Um, but it's weird how the NBA, thanks to Luka Doncic, has kind of popped up here doing more damage in December than I thought. I, I think it's partially because the bowl season has been awful, but also because LeBron has done a pretty good job of staying in the news. LeBron, of course, was injured against the Warriors. And his groin injury will keep him out a few games. No no definite timetable. Gavin, if you go back like two weeks, I could have swore I said something like LeBron's going to want a vacation in January. Do you remember that? I, I, I just had this feeling. He's doing so much for this team. If you watch closely, these Lakers are frustrating to play with at times. They're young guys. And... I wonder how many games LeBron's going to miss. I just wonder. And uh, second layer, and nobody's on this yet. How much heat do you think Luke Walton's going to take? Blew a 15-point lead. You were texting me about it. Blew a 15-point lead on the road in Sacramento. And, of course, yesterday I was doing Speak for Yourself on FS1. And Jim Jackson's like, well, the players blew it, Jason. I'm like, hold up. Uh, Some of it's got to fall on Luke Walton. Uh, You know, again, Brandon Ingram makes a free throw. Maybe we're not having this conversation. But at some point, Luke's got to get the guys like, fellas, can we play a little defense? And we wanted to talk here about how LeBron's injury is going to maybe have a positive impact on the team. But at the same time, Gavin, I mean, is Kyle Kuzma ever going to play defense? I like Kyle Kuzma a lot, and it's sacrilegious to say anything negative about him, as I've learned with Baker Mayfield. But folks go look at Kyle Kuzman's defensive stats they are among the worst in the league he doesn't have a steal or block in the last 4 games that's hard to do i looked up this stat deflections that's a defensive stat that kind of shows if you're hustling you're playing team defense you're getting hands on balls among players playing 30 minutes or more per game he's third to last in the league in deflections jj redick is below him and uh some other guy on the pistons reggie bullock we know J.J. Redick doesn't play defense. He's in his 30s. He's slow shooting guard. Kyle Kuzma is like super fast attacking the basket. He doesn't even try defensively. Now, I will say this. You want to talk about the young guys playing. Lonzo Ball, Gavin, That's I think that's your guy. I got to give it to Lonzo. I've been impressed lately. Uh, I know the shooting still isn't there, but he looks more confident and aggressive. I like what I've seen from Lonzo. The guy that I I just think this has been bad for is Brandon Ingram. And we've talked about this. Well, he doesn't play great with LeBron. Okay, make him the sixth man. Or, okay, make him the focal point. Well, he has been for the last two games. I don't know. Gavin, is he playing that well? No. Are you done with Brandon Ingram? I know a lot of Lakers fans are.
5: I am ready to move on from Brandon Ingram. And I didn't think I would say that this season. I honestly thought he would work better with LeBron.
1: Now, he's still young. 21, I believe. Yep. Uh,
5: only in his third year. But that's the year. That's This is the year you want to see him make that jump.
1: Who's better right now, Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram? Oh, Tatum, okay. easily. <laughs> oh, my god, Tatum's <laughs> in his second year. Uh, I won't even ask Luka Doncic or, or Brandon Ingram. That's, like, yep. silly at this point. Um, I just have to say, like, I, if you are the Pelicans and they won last night barely over the Mavs, and um, the Lakers are coming to you, hey, our entire roster but LeBron, what what are you thinking? Like I don't even think Brandon Ingram's this first or second guy you're talking about. Unbelievable! I think Lonzo and Kuzma would be the two guys I would target. And frankly, I, Gavin, I'm not gonna, I don't want to say anything too incendiary here. Josh Hart or Brandon Ingram, who you I mean, Josh Hart does a lot of good things. Nothing great, but he's a good defender. He got ejected last night. But if I'm LeBron, I'm watching this and um I all of a sudden, I don't want to go too overboard. It's just a week. But blowing a 15 point lead with about six or seven minutes left, getting just smoked at home in the fourth quarter, it was a twenty two to zero run. Like Luke Walton, part of that's on you, dog. Um, And again, you don't want to overly panic. Rest is good for LeBron, right? Averaging 34 minutes a game. However, that is the lowest in his career. Very good sign. Um, But I was just hoping for a little more. Remember, we discussed this earlier, folks. The January schedule for the Lakers is daunting. Okay, A lot of road games. A lot of good teams. If you want to get a little bit nervous, the Houston Rockets are playing well without Chris Paul. By the way, I'll give out uh, gambling stuff later in the show. I'm going to go ahead and give it out right now. I'm on the Rockets tonight. On the road against, I think it's the Pelicans. It's so funny. You'll see a, a good NBA line and be like, hey, let me jump on that game. Houston tonight, yes, at New Orleans. So I got it last night, Gavin. It was one and a half. I just looked. It's up to three. Pelicans on a back-to-back huge win over the Mavs. And listen, the Rockets come in. They don't miss Chris Paul. It's basically become, hey, James Harden, do what you did uh, last year and just take over. i I still am not buying the Rockets, but I, I'm going to say this. I don't think LeBron is overly thrilled with what he's seen the last two games. Now, obviously Christmas Day, closing out in the fourth, that was awesome. LeBron got you halfway there. You got to the finish line, but um, I, I,
5: I just that have – That Kings s- game, man, that – they just totally imploded on themselves.
1: And Lonzo outplayed De'Aaron Fox. I mean, yep. Yep. Uh, first of all, I need to go back and watch the video. How did Bogdanovich get matched up with Tyson Chandler at the three-point line? Was that a switch? Was that on I'll Kuzma? i have to look back. Too. I'm going to have yeah. to look. About, but, like, that's just inexplicable. Uh, I, Frustrating loss for the Lakers. And I know there's going to be listeners out there. Why do you care about a Lakers December game? Folks, two days ago, uh, well, three days ago, the Lakers were fourth in the West. They're now seventh. And you there's not room for error. Okay? There just isn't in the NBA. Uh, we are contractually obligated to talk about the Lakers in the first hour every show. No, not contractually. But I just find, like, the Lakers super fascinating. Um, how about this, Gavin? I'll, I'll go out on this note. Warriors, any concern at all? I, I kind of do. What I, I
5: know. But Draymond is a different person, and Clay Thompson all of
1: a sudden can't shoot. That's weird. Yeah. This That's... is a large struggle for Clay. <sighs> Quick note on Draymond. I just wonder, can, can you look at trading him to keep Kevin Durant in the offseason? Now, I don't know what kind of value you're going to get for him because somebody's going to have to pay him. But I, I'll be honest. I, if I'm the Warriors I'm doing everything I can to keep Kevin Durant because a team like the Knicks aggressively tanking right now folks if you if you haven't looked at the NBA standings the Knicks are tanking so well right now I wish my my Jets in the NFL could learn from the Knicks they're possibly looking at adding Zion Williamson with a top 2 or 3 pick getting Kristaps Porzingis back And then you go to Kevin Durant and say, listen, this could be your team. You will be the man. Nobody's challenging you in the locker room on this team. Come to New York and save us. And if I'm the Warriors at that point, I got to look like, I mean, what do I do to keep KD? I don't know. It's going to get interesting. Obviously, uh, the Lakers are a big story. Anthony Davis. uh, We'll do more on the Lakers in the show. But coming up next, it's time, folks. We got to talk about the college football playoff. I believe kickoff is in about four hours. Uh, Lots happening on the front of the game. I will say this. Bowl season's been brutal. But I'm very excited for today's college football games, even though the spreads on both games are double digits. We'll talk about that next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with what's trending in sports. Good morning, Jason. In
6: college football on Friday night, 12th-ranked Washington State defeated number 25 Iowa State at the Alamo Bowl, 28-26 as Cougars QB Gardner Minshew tossed two touchdown passes, ran for another, and also broke Jared Goff's Pac-12 single-season passing yardage record in the process. In the NBA Friday night, Anthony Davis, a season high 48 points along with 17 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and two blocks in the Pelicans' 114-112 win over the Mavericks. Clippers defeated the LeBron James and Rajon Rondolas Lakers 118-107. But before the game, James would cause a stir on social media when he walked into Staples Center with a glass of red wine. Speaking of wine, elsewhere Friday night, Pistons star Blake Griffin disputed a call by bringing an iPad onto the court to apparently share video evidence with official J.T. Orr, though I suppose he could have also been showing Orr a funny cat video. Anyway, the Pistons wound up losing to the Pacers by 37 points, after which head coach Dwayne Casey said, I want to apologize to the fans of the Detroit Pistons. That's one of the worst exhibitions we've put out on the floor. This comes a few games after another loss, where Casey said, "quote Our give a crap level was very low." Unquote. On that note, Jason, back to you. Uh,
1: thank you, Isaac. Hey, Isaac. Before I let you go here, um, you know we did we talked a little Dodgers last week with the Puig trade. I just need the latest on Bryce Harper. I have to admit, a lot going on college basketball, gambling, college football, NFL, NBA. I have tuned out the offseason stuff. Can you give us the latest on Bryce Harper? Really? really? That's which, what the latest is?
6: Which is not necessarily a bad thing when you think about it. I mean, you know, that's what we've heard. You know, there's not even rumors anymore. There, there's not even. That's the disappointing thing, Jason, because. NBA free agency and social media are a marriage made in heaven. So I'm not saying I expect there to be news about Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or anything, but there's got to be all these crazy rumors and sightings and private plane trackings because NBA social media is all over that stuff, but not in baseball. Very disappointing.
1: Interesting. And I I would think Scott Boris would be leaking stuff left and right. but uh, You would think. I guess not. All right, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, we got got to talk college football now with the big playoff games today. Excitement level for me is high. Uh, And that's a good thing because I have to be honest, folks. Bowl season has been awful. I know Iowa Sam is here in the studio with his Hawkeyes gear. I like that Hawkeyes hat. That's fresh. Looks good. Thank you. I we, actually we, got it
4: from a uh, another uh, update anchor here as a gift.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hey, can you uh, take a picture of that? Put it on social media. I'll I'll retweet that. I like that hat. Okay. I might want to go out and buy it now. Oh wow. Uh, well, Hawkeye here's the thing. I, I think I've said this before. Like, um, so I drop my kids off at school several days a week, and um, someone, my wife, like met one of the dads at drop off, and. Um, The dad goes, oh, yeah, I see your husband, Jason, all the time. She's like, oh, you know him? He's like, no, I just know because he always wears these cool hats. (laughs) And I have, like, my Milwaukee Bucks hat, Denver Nuggets, obscure stuff. So I really need to step up my uh, hat game. I got to keep it coming strong. Uh, I'm not a different hat every day kind of guy. I've got, like, ten hats. Is that weird or no? No, I have ten hats. Yeah. I have more than ten hats. Yeah, I mean, it's not – and, like, you don't wear them all, but you change it up. It's not all sports. There's some non-sports stuff. Sure. Sure. Uh, so, Iowa has, has a big game on uh, coming up in a couple days here. New Year's Day, right? Yeah, New Year's Day. I'm trying to look at the schedule. And, you know, uh, the bowl season has been pretty rough. Now, today, there are five games. I think Florida-Michigan is decent. I'll tell you right now, I already bet Florida. Uh, I got them at six and a half. The line's down to five. You know, Michigan players are sitting out. And I, and I on this show, I'm going to be honest, folks. I take a lot of shots at the bowl games. Like, it, they're just not good because... If you're a player with an NFL future, you should not be on the field. Unless you're in the playoff. Some guys can make an excuse. Rose Bowl, fine. But by and large, there's no value. And without the Stars and teams getting three weeks off, the the action's just ugly. South Carolina plays Virginia. uh, And then Arkansas State, Nevada, whatever that is. Um, But then the big games start at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, Notre Dame, Clemson. Clemson 13-point favorites, and then at five, Oklahoma-Alabama-Bama favor by 14. So here's the interesting thing. Today, I'm going to go home from this radio show. I got to do a couple things, and I'm going to watch both these games. I'm not going to do anything. I'm sitting on the couch watching. I would assume many men out there are going to do the same thing, probably some women as well. Um, But I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow, and I kind of love this weekend. Like NFL games, I know Week 17 is spotty. But then here's the, this is where it gets tough, guys. Uh, New Year's Day, there's a lot of games to watch. It's like, and even on Monday, I think there's some day football, right? What do they call it? The Sun Bowl or something. Um, So like, this is really the end of an awesome four-month journey where you just plant yourself in front of the TV and watch four days. Yeah, on Monday, New Year's Eve, there's Unitech Cincinnati, Stanford Pitt, Michigan State, Oregon. By the way, I love Michigan State in that game. I know the Big Ten takes a lot of heat. Um, I just love Michigan State in that game. Keep an eye on this. Their running back, LJ Scott, that dude is a stud. I like him. I think he's a good late-round pick. They've kind of driven him into the ground at Michigan State, but he's back. Mark D'Antonio is lights out in bowl games with time to prepare. I know Herbert is returning for Oregon. I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. By the way, Herbert, what are you doing, dude? You know who comes out next year? Tua. There's no shot you're going to be the number one pick. Feel free to write that down and send it to all these accounts that monitor, uh, you know, tweets. Freezing cold takes my guy over there. He's been on this show. Um, Herbert should have come out. I mean, again, you can never tell a guy what to do. He's got a 4.0 grade point average. I think his brother is coming to Oregon to, like, hang with him, and that'll be fun. But you got to get your paper because he's a first-round pick, no doubt. And you stay, they pick you apart. I don't know. I would have gone if I was Herbert. If I was his dad, I would have probably advised him to go. But again, uh, and I've said this on the show, you really got to enjoy college. Any kid I pick up basketball with, unfortunately, I usually get matched up against some of these guys. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm a junior in college. I'm like, damn, dude, that's the easy life. You did not have jack squat to worry about. Stay as long as you can. Have as much fun as you can. Because once you get out, it's work. Every day. No days off. I mean, you guys see it. We're in here every weekend at the crack of dawn. We love this stuff. Now, we're talking about sports. That's fun. But a lot of other guys out there, you get out of college having fun, going out three, four nights a week, and then boom, you're doing TPS reports five days a week in uh, a cubicle. So have as much fun as you can in college. And and that's why I'm not going to get on Herbert's case too much, but you know, big picture. Dude, you could could have gone number one. Um, so yeah, there's a slew of games on the thirty first. And then on New Year's Day, I will be working, of course, on uh on over at FS1. I mean, it's wall to wall football. And like there aren't any great games. I guess Washington, Ohio State is is the marquee game. Uh Texas, Georgia's interesting. By the way, and again, I gave out these picks on, on my podcast coming up winners. I'm telling you, Texas is gonna be a live dog uh plus thirteen. Love them. Tom Herman in this spot. I will add this. I uh, also talked up Purdue this week. And um, they were down, I think, 28-7, maybe eight minutes into the game. Now, Purdue isn't as good as Texas. Uh, Purdue's a pretty good team. right? They throttled Ohio State. Sam, what? You're Mr. Big Ten, what? You, they're not good?
4: Well, they did beat my Hawkeyes. And, yes, they beat the Buckeyes. Um, but they're still... They're a young team. Boy, I did not... Yeah, you know, with... Uh... Jeff uh, Jeff uh, Brom, mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. He, he seemed like he seems like a coach who'd have his team, yeah, uh, more prepared. I,
1: you know, and again, sometimes you peg these games wrong. I did not know that Auburn was that much more physical and fast than Purdue. They were I'm, throwing
4: bombs on. I mean, they were just going deep every time.
1: But if you look at Auburn's season, they were not big play guys. No, they couldn't move the football at times.
4: They had enough time. I mean, I don't know. This is they were just. They Purdue were was overmatched. Miles better. Oh, yeah. it
1: was not, now I do. Uh, now Texas, I don't think is going to be as overmatched. They got a bunch of five-star guys uh, on that defense. Like Purdue doesn't have any five-star guys, you know. And the SEC, it's all, you know. E- e- even in uh, Clemson, you know, today in the ACC, um, they're playing in the ACC, and you know they're losing Dexter Lawrence, their great defensive lineman, who's a first-round pick. And it's like, all right, who's the next guy up? And you look, and he's like a four-star dude who barely gets to play. Oh, well, how much of a loss is that? Um, So I'll close on this. I I have to go with Notre Dame. We're going to talk to Bruce Feldman in one hour, and and we'll go deeper into the games. But I just have to ride with the Irish here, getting 13. And here's why. The Clemson secondary is a weakness. They've given up over 450 yards passing to South Carolina's Jake Bentley. They gave up over 400 yards passing in another game. Like this secondary can be had, um, and, and you know Notre Dame's got two six foot four receivers who can go up and get it. I think they're, Notre Dame's going to be able to move the football. And and Sam, when I look at this game and I hear people talk about it, you know these narratives get built, and the narrative is, man, Notre Dame. They, remember the last time they were here, they got crushed by Alabama. Okay, that was six years ago. This is an entire new team. This Notre Dame team is good. They're battle-tested. I think they played four one-score games. You know Clemson, by the way, freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, they haven't been in a one-score game since September. Like, if all of a sudden this is a tight game in the fourth and you got a freshman quarterback back there, I don't know. I I, I took Notre Dame plus 13. I think I got 13 and a half. It's down to 12 in some spots. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like they're going to be able to push Clemson. I like Clemson. Uh, I love Dabo Sweeney, but I think Notre Dame is the one side I would back here. Alabama, there's no way I'm going against him. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. The NBA sent a message to every team, but what it really meant was for one person. We'll tell you who that is next. I was trying to think of who this is, uh, Iowa Sam. Beastie Boys old school? Okay, geez. 2011. 2011, they're still making music. I thought one of the guys died. Mike. He D.
4: did. He died in I think in 2013 or 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, Sam knows his music, folks. Kinda, kind of. I I, I, other
1: though. than 80s music, I, it's a big hole in my game.
4: I you, love 80s music too. I would play that all the time if I could.
1: We should do a game next week where you play a obscure ish 80s song as bumper, and then I'll have to guess it. I'm telling you, '80s is my strong suit. 90s, eh. 70s, no. And then uh, 2000s, um, definitely not. You know, because I was like, that was when I was a single guy going out in the bars, and you only knew songs that they played at bars. Like, I don't listen to albums. I'm not a concert guy. Uh, I guess you just got to kind of pick the stuff that you like and love. And I love sports. I just didn't love music.
4: What's the last uh, concert you've been to you could think of? Maybe well, you and your wife is, went to one or something. I, this is embarrassing. Cold play or something. I,
1: I, I went to um a kid's bop concert. <laughs> I just admitted that on national radio. Listen, when you get little kids, tape. you do this stuff. We had uh, floor seats in the mosh pit. There was no mosh pit. The mosh pit. Uh, and it Dang. was you know, a little cheesy, but they played some good songs that you know the cheesy pop stuff that I like. Listen, I'm keeping it 100% real for y'all. I did go to a kid's bop concert. Now, before that, Yeah, man, it's been probably a decade. Now, I will say this. We had some friends who were like, hey, we're going to go see the Rolling Stones here in L.A. I don't know, February, March, whenever they're out here. I was like, sure, buy the tickets, you know. So I I can't name five Rolling Stones songs, but it's a good night to party, right? Good excuse. Uh, Anyways, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I wonder how many people, Gavin, hear that little... You know, three minute exchange, and are like, is this worth listening to? Or they're like, oh, that's interesting. What a loser. They yeah, went to a friggin' Kids Bop concert. Was there
5: a song that the Kids Bops played, like that every kid was waiting for? Like, was there like a hit?
1: You know, uh, you know I mean? it was, uh, I'm trying to think. I, the I Trolls, imagined... you know, the Trolls song. I okay. got this feeling, the Justin Timberlake. One. Okay. um and that was like oh and then I got <laughs> of course I me and my wife are holding up our phones doing boomerangs of our kids and like all that lame stuff uh but okay hopefully uh the big bosses aren't listening to that let's get back to the NBA briefly again we're gonna do a super contest NFL picks in about 10 minutes um Baker Mayfield he's not coming on the show we're gonna talk about him in 25 minutes I mean Baker Mayfield versus Hugh Jackson Stop the bombing, Baker. Come on, dog. Bruce Feldman coming up next hour as we prepare for the college football playoff. But I I do want to get to this NBA tampering deal. So it's funny. Zach Lowe, a guy who I know in text, and uh, he he doesn't do radio apparently. I've tried to get him on the show. He wrote a story this week that (coughs) the biggest deal in the NBA in December was the alleged Anthony Davis trade rumors. That was the number one story. And I don't think the NBA likes that. They sent out a memo this week. Hey, don't tamper. It was obviously a note to LeBron. But I wonder if it was a veiled shot to all the fans. And you guys know I talk about my exchanges on Instagram with Kevin Durant. And his, his number one thing was, this was like over the summer. Why do people talk about next year? Why aren't they talking about like actual free agency that's happening? And then the season started. He's like, nobody's talking about the games. And it's like, unfortunately, it's an 82-game season. You know, there's that blip at the beginning where people are into the NBA. But then it's like, okay, what's going to happen next year? You know, there's about six teams that are awful right now. I mean, I, I can't believe this. I'm I'm admitting this, Gavin. I bet the Suns last night, they're getting six at home. OKC, okay, no Paul George. And um, the Suns are leading by like four going into the fourth. And they get absolutely dump trucked. By Russell Wilson, who had like 40. And it's like, you know, it's who who knows who's showing up in December in the NBA? Which is why it's more interesting to talk about Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. Like, that's what the storyline is. And it's weird. We don't really do that in the NFL because, you know, you could turn your season around in three weeks in the NFL. I mean, the Cowboys lose to the Titans. Everybody writes them off and boom, now they're in the playoffs. Like, you can flip things. Ravens flip their season quickly. NFL, you can come back. NBA, it's like, I mean, I can't make a case for anybody other than the Warriors from the West. And I like the Lakers, and I think they're the second-best team in the West. But the NBA sending out this tampering memo is basically like, hey, can we get back to the games? Sorry, they're just not that interesting. Like, you miss a game in the NBA in December, January, doesn't mean jack squat. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Going to have a gambling guy come on. Tell me how bad my super contest picks are. And if you haven't bet the college football playoff, wait till we tell you what to do. Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We are one hour away from kickoff Florida-Michigan. Should be a decent game. Uh, Unfortunately, if you like offense and um, enjoy scoring and things like that, there probably won't be a lot of that in that game. Two really good defenses. Uh, I haven't even seen a total, but we'll get that shortly from uh, our next guest. I'm more excited for the college football playoff, which kicks off at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. I'm so Notre Dame-Clemson. Should be fun. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a day where you sit in front of the TV and watch football for about eight hours. Then you're going to run it back tomorrow with Week 17 in the NFL. Now, Week 17 is tricky. Again, we're going to get to that here in a moment. Um, because you don't know who's going to play. Two years ago, Jason Garrett said, oh, yeah, the Cowboys, we're, we're going to play our guys in Week 17. And I think Ezekiel Elliott did not take a snap. Des Bryant maybe played a series or two, and, and they went to the reserves. So Jason Garrett and the Cowboys say they're doing the same thing this week. They're playing their guys. Is he lying? Who Who knows? And that's why Week 17 is so dangerous to bet on. To help us make sense of all the gambling news, college football, NFL, we bring in Jason Weingarten. You know him as at Spreadopedia on Twitter. Jason, good morning. How are you?
7: Morning, Jason. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, you came on last year around this time and gave out a pretty damn good winner. Uh, I mean, I think you called Alabama-Georgia nearly perfectly, right? Uh, So this is your chance to do a victory lap. Let's start with college football, Jason. Uh first of all, do you have a play on Florida Michigan and then if not, uh let's get to the playoff games and, and try to break those down for us. Which side you like uh from a point spread perspective?
7: I took Michigan when the game opened at six and then again at seven before the the suspensions were announced. So I'm sitting I'm sitting on a bad number with Michigan right now. Uh I do think they win, regardless of the suspensions, but I took the worst of the number there, unfortunately.
1: What do you make of Harbaugh's struggles in bowl games? I had them last year. I think it was against South Carolina, and my goodness. I can still taste that collapse. I mean, it was total domination for three quarters, and then they just choke it away late. Um, it's tough, right? I mean, you get a m- they haven't played in a month.
7: It, it is tough. Bowl games, you have weird motivation. Sometimes teams don't get up for them. I, I do think... In Harbaugh's case, it's mostly just random variants that the teams haven't been good. That that was an all-time collapse last year, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock into Harbaugh's uh, bowl record. All
1: right, how about this one? Um, three Michigan starters. They're running back, uh, the linebacker Bush, and then Rashawn Gary. They are all sitting out this game. Uh, your take on that, I don't know if they are, add up to being worth a point or two or what have you. Um, but again, it's you know basically two all Americans on the defensive side of the ball.
7: Yeah, that that's more concerning to me than a running back being out. I I, I generally move the line zero points for any running back being out. Uh, I'd be more concerned about the defensive players personally.
1: Totally agree. All right, Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia on Twitter. Jason, let's go to uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama, Oklahoma. First of all. Who's more, which underdog is more likely to cover the spread today?
7: Cover the spread? Well, that, that would mostly depend on what number you're getting. If you, if you took Notre Dame at 13, I would tell you Notre Dame at 13 is probably going to be the best number because the market's now back to about 11.5 there. Really? Yeah. Is that um, sharp
1: money or public money?
7: Both. Uh, I actually talked to a bunch of books yesterday that said that they were swimming in Notre Dame money against the spread. They were swimming in Notre Dame money line bets, that that was their big exposure. Um, I would uh, would expect that everybody's going to have Notre Dame money line, Notre Dame parlay.
1: Oh, boy. So the sports books are going to need Clemson? Jeez, that's not a good sign.
7: (laughs) Yeah, they're going to need Clemson today.
1: Jeez. Uh, is there one advantage you can find on either side of the ball for the Irish? Because I, I don't maybe they're just a super public team. I was kind of looking at the narrative that, hey man, Notre Dame was here six years ago. They got their doors blown off. They got no chance against these real good teams.
7: You know, if you had wanted the most competitive playoff, Ohio State deserved that fourth spot. But you have to put Notre Dame in because they're undefeated. They... they Force their way into the playoffs and you can't you can't argue any any reason to keep them out unfortunately i don't i don't think they have an advantage anywhere today um i i think they might get blown out huh but uh i mean it's uh anytime you have two or three weeks to prepare and you have a good coach and unfortunately brian kelly is a good coach
1: (laughs) unfortunately uh, (laughs) yeah Well, all right. Let yeah, me make the case, let me make the case against Clemson. So they haven't played a one score game since September. They do have a freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to be going up against the best pass defense he's faced. The Irish third in defensive pass efficiency. Um, I I think they're actually going to be able to move the football as well. I mean, if Jake Bentley of South Carolina can throw for nearly five hundred yards, you're telling me Ian Book can't have a good game with two uh, six foot four receivers out there catching balls against a Clemson secondary that lost their best guy to the draft, uh, Mackenzie Alexander. I, I, I just see this one being kind of close.
7: I think they can score points. I don't think they can score more points and keep Clemson from scoring enough points to mm. beat them.
1: Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, we are talking with Jason Weingarten. The, uh, you know him on Twitter, at Spreadopedia. We'll get to the NFL shortly, but... Tell me about this Alabama-Oklahoma line. How has it not moved off 14 at all? No budging. It did. Oh, it briefly,
7: did. It did briefly move down to uh, 13 and a half earlier, and I'm actually watching it right now move back to 14, and now Alabama is going to about minus 115 on the 14. Oh. And uh, I'm watching the total pick up to 79 right now. 79?
8: Uh, oh,
9: my
7: that, God. That's... That's actually where, where my play is more uh focused on in this game than the spread. I have uh I have Oklahoma at fifty three to one to win the national championship. Wow. I think I think that that bet's about to die today, unfortunately. And I'm waiting until the absolute last minute to figure out the best hedge for that. But uh I, I'm personally playing Oklahoma under 79, and Oklahoma team total under 33 minus 120.
1: Yeah, I agree with that side. I mean, Jason, uh, we don't know how healthy Tua is. Only Nick Saban and the inside guys at Alabama know. If Tua's not 100%, I think we're going to see a run-heavy attack here. Kansas can run for 350 against Oklahoma, and Army can do the same. Why, Why can't Alabama just run the football, keep Kyler Murray off the field? I would lean toward the under.
7: Yeah, I, I I thought about that. I thought about the the heavy run game. Uh, I I don't think Alabama's going to come out and run the ball the way everyone expects them to. Oh wait, wait, reason... wait, Hold on,
1: hold on, Jason. People are expecting that. I hadn't heard that. I uh, yes, huh? <laughs> Interesting. The, Even though the the totals ticking up, you said.
7: Yes, uh, a oh. lot of I, a lot of people are expecting a heavy heavy run game out of Alabama. I I don't think that's how they're going to come out and play this. But, uh, my, my thing is not so much about, uh, Oklahoma's, uh, positive qualities. I really just don't think that they've faced a defense remotely close to Alabama's this year. None of, none of the Big 12 defenses are even in the same category or universe or whatever adjective you want to put on Alabama. I, I don't see how they're going to put up 33 points here.
1: All right, let me move on to uh, Week Seventeen in the NFL. We're talking with Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia on Twitter. So, Jason, when I look at Week Seventeen, I I would love to stay away, but I'm in the Super Contest, so I have to pick five games. Um, I don't. Nothing really jumped out at me. I I went with teams like the Rams by ten. A- any thoughts on the Rams? Uh, uh, they're you playing know, San Fran. I,
7: I think you got the right side there, actually. Um... I like the Seahawks minus thirteen. If I was playing any huh. of the double-digit favorites, but, but wait, aren't think... they locked in? Yeah.
1: So why would they play any of other guys?
7: Have you seen the Cardinals play I, I recently?
1: Unfortunately, I have. Um, yeah, it's just a big number. I mean, yeah, no, it's a
7: very big number. But the Cardinals are a very bad. They're season. Bad. They, have, they can't. They can't stop the run. They, they can't stop anybody, even backups.
1: I mean, Seattle is going to have to pull, like, most of its defense because they're really banged up at safety. Um, obviously, I wouldn't play the linebackers right or uh, Wagner. you got to keep them healthy for, for Zeke Elliott, assuming you're going to face him. Uh, That's but fine. I, I didn't gonna... take, I, I'll be honest. I haven't taken a double-digit favorite since Green Bay when they were at home against Arizona. Again, Arizona that stinks. And Arizona, I mean, they just totally soiled themselves, and I thought that killed my chances of being in the money, my worst pick of the season. So I didn't yeah. go back to any double-digit favorites, but I, I leaned to the Rams today.
7: Or double-digit favorites in general aren't going to be a good lay, but, but in, in Week 17 here, if I was picking one double-digit favorite, I would, I would take the Seahawks. Seahawks. I, I did take them.
1: Uh, All right, I got Rams. Uh, I took the Ravens by six before you totally crap on it. I will quickly try to defend it. So I love what Baker's been doing. I've been riding this Browns train uh, for several weeks now. Um, But this is by far the best defense he will have faced. Uh, Ravens down number two in all the football outsiders, advanced metrics. And the last time Baker faced a top ten defense, it was Houston. And he threw three picks on the road. Uh, toss in the Ravens' revenge factor, uh, Brown's inability to stop the run. I just, I like the Ravens here pretty handily.
7: Yeah, this is actually one of the more exciting games of the day. And I'm, I don't just, dis- I don't disagree with you. I have a bunch of Ravens' futures to win the AFC. Uh, I, I think they're an incredibly dangerous team. But back to, to your point about this is the best defense Mayfield faced, this might be the best defense that Lamar Jackson's faced recently. Uh, I'm not sure this is going to be such an easy game for the Ravens. Like huh. this is this is not just going to be a rollover, but uh, they should win and they should get that. They should they should lock up that playoff spot.
1: All right, we're talking with Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia. So the rounding out my Super Contest picks, I got Rams Ravens by six. I took the Vikings by four and a half. I do, I think Nagy is going to sit his guys uh, after like a series or two. I got the Colts by three. Per, per, kind of a dumb pick there, but I'm not. You know, they're centers out, and he matters a lot in that offense. And then finally, I took a, a dog with fleas, the Jacksonville Jaguars, getting six and a half. Any thoughts on those? I,
7: I don't mind Jacksonville. I, I took some six and a half. I paid minus 120 versus seven. Oh, I, I don't like the Vikings. I hope they lose. Why? What's your, uh, let
1: me guess, you're an Eagles fan or something
7: well I have Eagles futures I'm not <laughs> not an Eagles fan I, I would rather see them in the playoffs I think I think they're a more exciting playoff team Huh uh I I also have a bunch of Bears money line this week so Vikings losing would would be the best option for me
1: All right so best bet on the NFL board if you're a listener out there and you're tuning into this show Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia he says
7: my best bet uh let's well my uh my favorite bet so far, I teased down and used the six point teaser to get the Saints to minus one and the Packers to minus two. Ooh. Uh I like I like that a lot. So
1: a five hundred dollar two team six point teaser, what is that? Does that pay well?
7: Uh six hundred to win five hundred if you have a good book. Uh probably a little less if you have a bad teaser book. But
1: uh <laughs> listen to this he knows all the books. how well, I won't even, we won't go there. Anyways, all right, Jason. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Good luck with your bets, except for the Bears, of course. Well,
7: thank you for having me on. Yeah, I can I can I live if the Bears don't uh, don't win, but <laughs> like I said, thanks for having me. Have a good good weekend watching all the games.
1: All right, you too, man. Have a good New Year. That was Jason Weingarten, sharp sharp guy. Did you hear some of the lingo there? I, I, if you're into the gambling, uh, he's like shopping around at multiple books. I don't know that he's a professional gambler. I mean. It's possible that he is. Um, But that's like what it takes. Like we're professionals here working at a radio show. You're a professional accountant and you work in shipping, whatever. This guy's job is to have all the books open and say, oh, there's the value. I've got to go there. I'm firing on that number over there. That's you got to be watching that board all the time. I mean, seriously, it's to the point where if right now, uh, let's just say. The Seattle says Russell Wilson is going to be inactive tomorrow. Let's say Schefter breaks it. You have to beat the book to that number if you want uh, the Cardinals in Seattle. And you've got to be right on it. You can't be doing other stuff. You've got to literally be at the computer the entire time. It's a brutal life. But it's fun. You get to watch sports and gamble on it. Coming up next year on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I've been nice to Baker Mayfield recently. I didn't like what he did this week, and, and I understand why you liked it. But I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't like it. That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. 45 minutes to Florida, Michigan. It's going to be one of those games, Nick, where you turn the game on and you just see a bunch of slop just running, tackle, run, tackle, three yards in a cloud of dust neither of those teams play anything remotely close to attractive football. Chargers. Nick, you're Chargers. I didn't get a chance. You and Gavin, we haven't got a chance to talk about what happened last week against the Ravens. Do we have to? Well, I mean, I think it's – I I mean, I I don't want to just do it because I totally nailed the game correctly. (laughs) But uh, does this concern you with what happened Saturday night? What's your concern level, Gavin, about the Chargers heading into the playoffs. Was this an anomaly? Nobody has a defense like this. Chalk it up to just hopefully we don't see the Ravens, although they may play them in the first round. <laughs> or, or was there is there, is there something bigger afoot? No, I'm not concerned. I also think they
5: are a team that might be better on the road. I mean, the stats definitely are there to, to show that. But, um, no, it was kind of a weird game. Their defense, the Ravens' defense, no doubt, was playing at a different level than the Chargers. Um and i don't know i mean it still concerns me on the raven side that they should have put up a lot more points they were in the red zone a lot more they missed a field goal um lamar i mean outside of that one throw i think he was getting a little bit too much credit for that win i think that was most of the defense there really yeah huh yeah. i didn't i didn't see much out of him that made me really scared in a playoff situation i um, I okay. thought the Chargers
1: actually did a pretty good job containing him for the most part. But. Yeah, you know, yeah, I would agree. He's not going to beat you. So, you know, you could argue the opposite though. The Ravens, I mean, the Chargers couldn't move the football. Their only scoring drive was what twenty yards. Phil Rivers played bad, Jason.
3: That's that's why they lost. I mean, the Ravens were that. zero
1: for three in the red zone. Uh, I, when I look at the yards, three sixty-one to one ninety-eight. They, they, like it's not only about rivers. Like they couldn't run the football, and they did the keep away thing a lot, where the
5: Chargers didn't have the ball that much. Um, I mean, it was
1: thirty-one to twenty-eight. So it wasn't
5: overwhelming. I, I, I think that is skewed though, because if you watch that game, it definitely felt like the Ravens had the ball most of the time. Yeah, so, no, that's fair. Um, they, hey, reports this week, Austin Eckler is coming back, and possibly Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry, yes. Ooh. So
1: don't count out the Chargers. Just so don't. the Chargers rush sixteen times for fifty-one yards. How do you run the ball 16 times in a game? That's crazy. 3.5 yards per play. Now, uh, they play the Broncos this week. Broncos are really beat up. That secondary's hurt. Phillip Lindsay done for the season. Theoretically, Chargers should roll. Uh, we'll see. I I don't I just I don't know that I have a great feeling about them. Remember, Ravens were living in the backfield against that Chargers line. And Denver has Chubb and Miller. Maybe they've got some incentives in their contract. I wouldn't be shocked if those two guys showed up.
3: Jason, all I really care about as a Charger fan going into the playoffs, just be healthy. Everyone stay healthy after this game. That's, that's, all, that's all that matters, all I yeah.
1: I, I will say if they play the Ravens in a rematch, I, I, bring it. Yeah, really?
3: I, I, the weird thing
5: is. And it is would be I'm, on the road because the Ravens are going to win the division. I, I would actually prefer that. Like, I, I really think that <laughs> it was a weird game. The first throw that, that Rivers threw was an interception, just like the Chiefs game, but. From that point on, it just had a weird feel. They never really got into rhythm, and I honestly think that for whatever reason, the Chargers didn't get up for that game. Can't huh. explain
1: it. Well, they were coming off a big win, right? They were coming off coming of off that huge the biggest win since coming perfect to LA. letdown spot. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of letdowns, so Baker Mayfield's been on fire, been really sharp for the last five games. We've been telling you he 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 is on a real good hot streak here. The offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, is doing some really nice things. And this team has been a bet on team. I think they're in trouble this week. Um, if you guys remember the last time the Browns beat the Bengals and Hugh Jackson, they were running their mouth all week. Oh, we handed him the ball. He went to the other, our rival, blah, blah, blah. And then they came out against a top 10 defense. And um, Baker got picked three times, including a pick six. And it was Texans 23 nothing like, early. They're talking about Hugh Jackson all week. I mean, Baker, what are you doing? And this goes back, guys, to what we talked about on this show, what I said on The Herd that pissed everybody off, about Baker and this social media stuff. Like, he's just too into it. He needs to be able to find motivation from within. He doesn't need to look at, oh, this guy said this about me on Twitter. Well, I'm going to show him. And now it's like, I'm going to stare down Hugh Jackson. Then I'm going to deny it the next day. And then the next day, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I did it. What's the problem? Like, you got to get over that stuff. Like, you can't be focused so much on others and, and use it to thrive you. And again, yesterday on FS1, Bucky Brooks said this is who he is. Well, if this is who he is, I, I'm not very, as a person, I don't think that's a good thing. Because eventually, somebody at a bar is going to say something to you that you don't like, and maybe you take a swing at him. okay? Eventually, you're going to have a big game. Nobody's going to have given you bulletin board material, and are you not going to be able to get up for it? I mean, is that how it works? Like, I I, I just worry about, like, needing outside motivation to have you thrive. And again, Baker's been tremendous. I'm giving him Rookie of the Year award. It's got to be him over Saquon. He's thrown 24 TD passes. He didn't start the season. He's approaching Peyton's rookie record for TD passes. I believe it's 26. I love what he's done as a quarterback on the field. I don't like that other stuff. Is it okay to say that? Gavin, am I going to get killed because I'm saying I don't like that other stuff? And I know traditionally quarterbacks have had a senatorial vibe, right? They've had this air where they show up at the podium dressed in a suit and tie or at least a sport jacket, and they say the right things. They don't take shots at opponents. Right? They say the right thing. That's what quarterbacks do from Montana, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. On the field, I get some fire every now and then, but you're never going to see Tom Brady look to the other sideline and stare down Matt Patricia. Like, come on. Like, I... Your thoughts. I I need you guys to chime. I mean... 'Cause I what I say seems normal and it's when I talk to other people about it, they're like, yeah, I would agree. But, but then you get all these fans on Twitter, and again, I, I don't read too much into that nonsense, but I just want Baker to cut that stuff out. Don't you think the Browns knew what they were getting into, though? I mean, all of his
3: antics, you know, when he planted the flag in the middle of the field, he ran from the cops. He just he's kind of he seems like a frat boy kind of kind of punkish kind of guy. Is I, that, I know what you mean. Is I that agree Sustainable
1: long term gap.
5: No. I, I just don't think it is. That, and that's the thing is, can he do this next year? You know, the year after that, like, is this a rookie thing? Is this just because Hugh Jackson was just there and didn't give him the shot right away? I, I don't know. He does seem though, without a doubt, and we knew this history that he just thrives off having a motivational, uh, a reason, you know? He, yeah. He I, needs somebody. He needs somebody to say something about him. So he has something to come out. I,
1: for. I just, I, for some reason, I don't love that. And, uh, I think it was Bucky Brooks of NFL Network on FS1 yesterday. We were talking about this, and he's like, that's who – that's Baker's identity. And I opened the show telling you guys, you got to change your identity. You got to grow up. Are you the same person? You, the listener. Are you the same person at 18 that you were at 28, that you are at 38, at 48? Like, you're constantly evolving. And I said the smart teams, the Patriots, the even McVay and the Rams last week – They evolve. They change their identity. I think, I'm not telling Baker he needs to change who he is, but I think it would be wise if you want to be a franchise quarterback, face of the franchise, uh, $100 million guy. I, I, I just don't think that this act is sustainable. Coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. My guy, Bruce Feldman, he's going to talk to us about the college football playoff. But first... Let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports.
6: Jason, I apologize if I'm out of breath. I was having a water gun fight with a co-worker and we're scheduled for a burping contest <laughs> later on. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Want to sign up? Today's college football bowl action kicks off at the top of the hour with a pair of games. It'll be Michigan facing Florida in the Peach Bowl while South Carolina clashes with Virginia in the Belk Bowl. Then at 4 p.m. Eastern from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, the first semifinal of the college football playoff as Notre Dame takes on Clemson in the Cotton Bowl. Then at 8 Eastern, the Orange Bowl between Alabama and Oklahoma. This report presented by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. In the NBA Friday night, Anthony Davis scored a season high 48 points. Also had 17 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks in the Pelicans' 114-112 victory over the Mavericks. Clippers defeated the LeBron James and Rajon Rondolis Lakers, 118-107, and Russell Westbrook dropped 40 in the Oklahoma City Thunders' 16-point win at Phoenix. Jason, back to you.
1: Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest needs no introduction. Besides being a guy who lives in my neighborhood, uh, he's one of the foremost college football guys out there. Bruce Feldman, Fox college football reporter, joins the show. Bruce, good morning. How are you?
9: I'm doing great, Jason. Good to be all with you.
1: Uh, Yeah, so um, Orange Bowl, excited? What's the vibe down there today? for the big college football playoff game.
9: Yeah, I think people are curious to see what Nick Saban's defense can do against this Lincoln-Riley offense and, and Kyler Murray because it's been so explosive. But, you know, look, you got two two semifinal games that it's not like they're pick games. <laughs> I mean, there will be big upsets if it's not a Clemson-Alabama title game.
1: Huh, interesting. Now, a lot of people, Bruce, are saying, well, listen, Baker Mayfield and Lincoln-Riley, they put up, like, 48 on Georgia last year. Georgia had all these All-American defenders. Kyler Murray should do the same, but I don't know. Baker had some real awesome weapons last year, in and Mark Andrews, an All-American who's now on the Ravens, right? Uh, Rodney Anderson, the running back. You know, what's the status of Hollywood Brown? Is, is he going to play today? I, I heard he was limping the last couple days.
9: Yeah, they expect him to go. I mean, he's a dynamic player. CeeDee Lamb is really underrated. He will... You know He's going to be in Oklahoma's next big star. I would say their offensive line is probably better than it, it's been, even without Orlando Brown, who moved on to the NFL. The rest of the group has continued to get better. And this is a team that actually has a chance to have 3,000-yard rushers, which is kind of crazy because people think Lincoln Riley grew up under Mike Leach. Um, but that shows you how good the other line is. and 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 Kyler's pretty special. Now, the thing that I'm curious about is, I did a bunch of Oklahoma games while Baker Mayfield was there for Fox. And just being on the sideline, you could feel the confidence, not just that Baker had, but that everybody and the team had him. And I'm not saying they don't have some of that confidence in Kyler, but it was so different. It was like, it doesn't matter who we're going up against. We got Bake, and that's going to take over. You know, now look, Kyler Murray won a Heisman. He is even much faster uh, he's not as big, but he's much faster. He's even more elusive and dynamic. But as you mentioned, Georgia's a good defense. They were really good with Roquan Smith in the middle of it. I think the difference between that Georgia team and this Alabama team, Alabama uh, was much better on the D-line. Quinton Williams is a is a monster. And if they, if he plays like he did against LSU, where he takes over the line of scrimmage and just kind of suffocates you know they're going to get turnovers. And if you're Oklahoma, you cannot afford to to not get points on every possession because your defense has just been a sieve. And I don't think they can keep up with the with the Alabama receivers who are really quick and, and really dangerous. and i I think you know, Oklahoma needs to put up fifty five to win this game. and i just I just don't know if they can do that,
1: yeah, I, I would agree with that. We're talking with Bruce Feldman. Uh, Fox Sports college football reporter. Uh, another note um, on the game, Bruce. I I opened the show talking about how teams, the smart teams, whether it's NFL college, can change your identity quickly. Bruce, uh, Bill Belichick quickly turned into a run game uh, last week when they noticed Brady can't throw. It's all Sony Michelle. Uh, even McVeigh of the Rams did that uh, with Goff struggling. I wonder, do we see if if two was not a hundred percent? Will we see a run-heavy game against an Oklahoma defense that gave up like 350 to Kansas on the ground and Army uh, had like 350 yards rushing? Could we see Alabama slow down the tempo and play keep away from Kyler Murray?
9: Well, the thing is with Alabama, they're talented enough in the run game. It's not like this is a, a Mike Leach team or this is an Army triple option. I mean, it's pick your poison with them. They they got dynamic receivers, and Tua can be a vertical, you know, hit, hit shots downfield. But their run game with the Harris's and Josh Jacobs and O-line's experience, I mean, they can maul you, too. its I don't know if Oklahoma's D-line will hold up against this group. So, I mean, it, to me, it's more of a pick your poison. The thing I'll say is, I'm talking to guys I know well on the Alabama staff. I know that Tua had said, yeah, I'm around 80 85% a few days ago. I was told he's been much looked much sharper than that in practice and moving around really well.
1: Interesting, yeah, that's huge because he did not look amazing against uh, against Georgia in the SEC title game. But um, should we read anything into that? Uh, You know, did he peak too early? As some of the guys out there are saying on TV and radio.
9: No, I mean he got he got hurt. Uh, He's rehabbed. I think from everything I've heard, Jeff Allen is the underrated, the most. The most underrated part of Alabama's success, he's he's the trainer and the medical staff. They have been uh, they've been actually really healthy, fact, as a team this season, with the exception of of one terrific player on defense who's missed the year. But otherwise, they've been healthy. And I, you know, Tua got hurt in that in that Georgia game. But everything I've heard is he's made a, a remarkable recovery, and I expect him to be really sharp tonight.
1: Talking with Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports College Football Reporter. All right, Bruce, let's go to Notre Dame, Clemson. For some reason, something keeps telling me that the uh, Irish are going to keep this close. Your initial thoughts? I mean, Clemson has steamrolled the ACC, but the ACC is very down this year. They haven't played a single uh, close game, meaning a one-score game, since September. Uh, You know, I know Notre Dame. You could count say the opposite's true. Well, boy, they struggled against a bad USC team. I don't know. What do you make of this one spread currently coming down? It looks like it's about 11 and a half.
9: Yeah, I, you know, I think Notre Dame doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of people because for a lot of folks, especially nationally, they look and go, yeah, I remember when Notre Dame was undefeated and they played Alabama and got blown off the field. And so, I mean, when was the last really big get-your-attention win they had? And you've got to go back a long ways for that. I think this is a good team you know even without Dexter Lawrence that's still they're going up against a D-line like they haven't seen before and also Travis Etienne they face some good running backs Travis Etienne from Clemson will be the best running back they've faced and if they cannot slow him down with that combination of receivers that Clemson has i think that it could be a long night but again for me you know, Ian Book is a is a better passer than they than Notre Dame's had for a quite maybe since Brady Quinn. I mean, yes. it goes back that far. They've had some guys who move better than than Ian Book, but I don't think they can. They are as 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 uh, accurate a passer as he is. And Chip Lauten, offensive coordinator, you know, remember that name? He's really good. I mean, he's gone up against some terrific defensive coordinators, whether it's it's Don Brown or guys like that. Um, and he is he has gotten the job done. So, you know, if if it goes well and Ian Book comes out really hot, remember the name Chip Long. His stock will take off tonight.
1: All right, Bruce Feldman, uh, college football reporter, Fox Sports. Bruce, uh, real quick, I'll ask you this: if if Black Friday hits in the NFL, on I'm uh, sorry, Black Monday hits <laughs> in the NFL. And there are a slew of openings. Is there a name you've heard in college football who could make the leap? I know Mike Florio's put out that people are not done going after Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I've heard some things about Matt Campbell. Is there a name you think we we could surprise? Pat Fitzgerald uh, this weekend, name popped up with the Green Bay Packers. Any thoughts, college football to the NFL after Black Monday?
9: The one that may be uh, under the radar, keep an eye on, maybe is Matt Rule. At Ah, Baylor, okay. You know, he spent a little bit of time with the Giants. He's a Penn State guy. Matt Rule, like, like, there's never a microphone. He he will not look good in front of because, (laughs) and I I say that with total respect. I mean, he always says the right thing. He was the perfect hire for Baylor at a place that was in 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 the middle of the worst scandal imaginable, and he's done a really good job. Uh, He interviewed last year. He impressed. You know, when he had an NFL interview last year, he's on a lot of people's radar because they know he's really good. Uh, I would not be surprised if teams come after him and try to get him to leave Waco. I don't, I don't know what he would do, but I think if you're an NFL team, he's the guy I think you really want to kick the tires it, on.
1: Okay, let's take it to the next step. That's a great nugget, Bruce Feldman. Uh, can you think of a team that wouldn't uh, – Denver, Arizona – uh, New York Jets, a team I follow closely. I have not heard his name connected to the Jets, but uh, this is interesting. Is there a team maybe you could toss out for Mr. Rule?
9: Yeah, you know, I would. Uh, he would be an interesting fit for the Jets. Like I said, he he was on the Giants staff. Uh, I don't know, probably like seven or eight years ago. He's a Northeast guy. Okay. Obviously, you know what's attractive for that job. Again, not speaking for Matt Rule here is you have the hardest thing, the the biggest thing you need. You have a young quarterback to build around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question then would be, um, you know, what are they really looking for? Because I think you want to go in, if you're Matt Rule, you know, he's got a good A D, he took a chance where I think he could have had the Oregon job and he picked he picked Baylor. And Baylor was in the middle of a complete stink storm. And there's still a lot of layers to that. Uh but Again, he's somebody I could see just about anywhere. So I would not at all be surprised if the Jets gave a long, hard look at him because sometimes you hear some of these guys, and it's like, okay, they're really a good scheme guy, and that can be great and all. But you know, if you're an NFL head coach, you're not necessarily going to be the coordinator. You know, you're gonna—it's going to be about have to be about as more substance than style and anything else, and that's what he is. So he preaches tough physical football, uh, I think that would resonate pretty well. I think he's already on a lot of people's radar, to be honest.
1: Good stuff. Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports College football reporter. Bruce, enjoy uh, the Alabama game. Enjoy the all the playoff games. We'll talk to you in 2019.
9: Sounds good, Jason. I appreciate it.
1: Great stuff from Bruce Feldman. Huh. Matt Rule. I have not heard his name much, but that is an interesting name. Always giving you the best nuggets here. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we are going to talk a little Black Monday in the NFL. And remember, Florida, Michigan kicks off in 15 minutes. We'll be back after this. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff from Bruce Feldman. I'm trying to think about Matt Rule in the Jets. So I, I did talk to somebody who's in, uh, let's just not say what business he's in. But he's spoken directly to people on NFL teams about what they're looking for. And it sounds like the New York Jets want someone with NFL head coaching experience. I personally like Matt Campbell a lot, the kid from Iowa State. Uh, I know Ohio State fans were kind of hoping he would get the job. It went to Ryan Day replacing Urban Meyer. Um, I need to look into Matt Rule a little bit more. I know he was at Temple and did some good things. And now he's at Baylor. But there are going to be a lot of jobs open. And what someone mentioned to me was let's write down all the jobs that are going to be open, right? Let's assume Denver, Arizona. Who else am I missing here? Um, Miami could be open. Tampa Bay. Miami, maybe. Tampa, yep. So Denver, Arizona. I'll go through the standings right now. Because there's one thing in common with all the openings except the Jets. Oh, of course, Green Bay's open. Cleveland. Will Cleveland be open? If Greg Williams beats the Ravens, there's no way he's not getting the job.
3: Cleveland.
1: We'll, we'll put a maybe down for Cleveland. I'd like to see Freddie Kitchens get that job. I like that guy. Really? Keep him. You got to keep him around Baker, man. Well, I do think you do have to keep him. But if you get a new head coach, it's like, is he gonna? Is he gonna want to keep him? I, that's why I think Greg Williams could end up keeping the job. I mean, really, there aren't a lot of good candidates out there. So, um. Uh, Bengals should be firing Marvin Lewis, although who the hell can ever tell? Yeah, we'll with write clients.
5: that one in pencil.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think Marone's going to get fired, and if they do, it'll be Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville. Gruden's going nowhere. Obviously, we have Vance Joseph in Denver. Uh, NFC East. I don't think Jay Gruden gets fired. I mean, he was on his fourth quarterback. Like, come on. Uh, I don't think Shermer gets fired. They closed kind of strong. Matt Patricia, you think they get Canham in Detroit? I can't. One season. Yeah, but they regressed.
5: They regressed. Well, with he, him.
1: so I uh, this same person who was talking to me about coaching, he was telling me about the Jim Bob Cooter situation. So Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator, a couple years ago, really turned things around for uh, Matt Stafford. He shortened the passing game, quick passes, get the ball out quickly. Stafford has a cannon arm, but he adjusted. And it was great. Remember, Jim Bob Cooter was like a head coaching candidate. I think the Tennessee Vols like interviewed him or something. Um, Clay Travis putting into that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> By the way, great article on the big lead this week about don't trade Matt Stafford. Oh, you read that, Matt, huh? Yeah. yeah
1: Bobby, Bobby, little young Bobby Burak. He's a college kid, dude. He's he's sharp. He's going places in this industry. Loved it. Yep. Um, But to finish uh, the statement, so... Jim Bob Cooter changed Stafford's career, but guess what? Matt Patricia came in and said, no, no, we're going to change it again. We're going to run behind on Johnson and then hit teams with the deep ball. But then On Johnson's having a great season. It's working, and then On Johnson gets hurt. So now you have to change again. They traded Golden Tate. Bit of a mess. I think Cooter could be in trouble. I think Patricia's safe. Um, You mentioned Tampa. I don't think Ron Rivera gets fired, and uh, Arizona we mentioned. So Denver? Arizona, Tampa, Green Bay, Cincinnati, all like small market, not great jobs. By the way, Green Bay's not a great job. Aaron Rodgers you have, but he's set in his ways. That's not a great job. It turns out the Jets could be the most attractive job because of Darnold, because of New York. So that is the one where I, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Florida, Michigan kicks off shortly, coming up next year. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're talking more college football playoff. I love Notre Dame. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number three here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The Something called the Peach Bowl is kicking off, it looks like in, uh, what, Atlanta? Florida facing Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, last time we saw those guys, they were giving up. How much did Ohio State score? 60? 50? I lost track. It might have been a, a double nickel. But what a beatdown last time we saw Michigan. You'd think Jim Harbaugh would want payback. We shall see. I told you earlier, I bet on Florida 65 Line came down to four and a half uh, with the kickoff expected shortly. So it's a big day for college football. Listen, if you like college basketball, there's some games on. I like college basketball. We're not allowed to talk about that on the show, obviously, because nobody cares uh, until boring. Oh, Something called the Belk Bowl is kicking off somewhere. Okay, South Carolina, Virginia, we just got that on the TV here in the studio, thanks to producer Gavin, who's on the ball. For uh, the other TV, has um, and I put this on my Instagram every week like a photo of me in the studio to remind people that I'm on the radio. Um, the other there's four TVs. The third one has a Showtime movie with Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler. What's the name of this movie? Anger Management. Anger classic. Management. Okay. Should I have it? It's good.
3: You haven't seen it? Yes. It's I great. don't think I've
1: it's seen a, it's it. It's a good Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I I'm not an Adam Sandler fan. Have we talked about oh. this, dude? I think he's one of the most overrated guys. I mean, I know he's making a lot of movies. He got a great career. Uh, it's similar to Bill Simmons, right? Everybody says, "Oh, Bill Woo-hoo. Simmons. Do you read him? I love Bill Simmons. Uh, he's he's like one of the OGs in sports blogging, right? He's he's a podcast guy. He's started Grantland, The Ringer. I just I don't re- follow a lot of the Simmons stuff. I know his buddy uh, Sal. We were on uh, TV together. Over at FS1, he does some gambling stuff. He does the show Lock It In. Uh, and I, I've met Simmons, nice guy. I'm not bashing him. What, Nick? You're laughing. This isn't Simmons bashing, is it? No, no. Is it? Be no, honest. No, no I, I've I've met Simmons, nice guy. No, uh,
5: he's taken a couple shots at me. Not sure if Kevin Clark is ever coming back on from the ringer.
1: Well, this I'm is not kidding. a shot at Simmons. <laughs> Listen, if I compare Bill Simmons to Adam Sandler, that is favorable. Adam Sandler is one of the most lucrative... Uh, bankable comedian movie stars of all time. I'm just saying, I don't love a lot of the Sandler movies. I don't read a lot of the Bill Simmons stuff. He does. Sandler has a lot of bombs. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, Sandler's done some good. Listen, Funny People. The first thirty minutes of Funny People is awesome. <laughs> and it's been, it's been on TV a lot lately. Uh, and and I'm telling you, first thirty minutes is is awesome. I just for some reason I I don't love a lot now wedding. Singer, right? Writing Singer. Yeah. That's a classic. I really like that. Late
5: 90s, Sandler, early 2000s. Give me a couple others. I
1: don't have his IMDb. Billy
5: Madison, Happy Gilmore.
1: Billy Madison, good. I'm Um, embarrassed to say I've never fully seen Happy Gilmore. That's Uh, a fail on you. Big 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 Daddy. Big Daddy. Great movie. Don't know what that is. Wow. Um...
5: You You just must have been in a haze during the late 90s or something. Late 90s, I was like chasing girls around. I wasn't watching Adam Sandler movies. True story. I got taken out of the theater by my aunt. My aunt had taken my cousins and my brother and me to go see Big Daddy. And There's a scene in the very
1: beginning that might not be for kids, and I was pulled from the theater for that. (laughs) Now, that's a good story. But uh, just to clear things up, because I'm sure somebody's going to record this or tag Bill. This is not a shot at Simmons. If you're compared, if you compared me to Adam Sandler, because I started a blog and sold it and got to TV and radio, I would take that in a heartbeat. Adam Sandler is super successful. For so, I just missed the Bill Simmons thing. Like, I never got into it. I don't listen to his podcast. I have been told by people, "Hey, man, Bill Simmons mentioned you on his podcast, so I'll listen to that." Um, jeez, what did I start here? Gosh, anybody, anyways. <laughs> All right, let's get to college football. Let's get to the college football playoff. Uh, Again, Michigan, Florida kicking off right now. Not a great game. I bet Florida. But I'm interested in the playoff games, obviously. They're they're monster uh, today. It's a great day to sit around, order unhealthy food, and watch football. I'm already thinking what I'm going to eat while watching uh, Clemson-Notre Dame. And we had Bruce Feldman on last hour. He had something interesting to say about Clemson. And um, I'm telling you, I bet Notre Dame, the line's coming down. Listen to what Bruce Feldman had to say. Notre
9: Dame doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of people because for a lot of folks, especially nationally, they look and go, yeah, I remember when Notre Dame was undefeated and they played Alabama and got blown off the field. And so, I mean, when was the last really big get-your-attention win they had? And it, you got to go back a long ways for that. I think this is a good team, you know even without Dexter Lawrence, that still they're going up against a D-line like they haven't seen before. And also Travis Etienne, they face some good running backs. Travis Etienne from Clemson will be the best running back they've faced. And if they cannot slow him down with that combination of receivers that Clemson has, I think that it could be a long night. You know, Ian Book is a is a better passer than they than Notre Dame's had for a quite maybe since Brady Quinn.
1: High praise for Ian Book. Now, uh, one of the reasons I've had a successful season gambling in the NFL and and college as well. And again, I do all my picks on coming up winners, sixty uh, percent in both NFL and college football. I, I I know I can do better, but one of the big things, and I've talked about it on my podcast, is. If you look at the football outsider DVOA numbers for the NFL, they're huge. They are really instrumental in, in some of my success because you're able to see what teams do well and what they don't do. If you just look at the normal stats rushing yards, like that doesn't mean anything. Okay, yards per play, yards, uh, points per possession. Like it all that deep advanced stuff stat matters. I don't think I said that correctly, but the advanced stats matter. Well, the one advanced stat In college football that I absolutely cannot get over and why I like Notre Dame here is in pass efficiency defense, they're third in the country. Third. They have a cornerback who's going to be a pro and their secondary is just very, very good. Now, when you look at Clemson, they have a freshman quarterback who I like a lot in Trevor Lawrence. Guess how many top 25 pass efficiency defenses he's faced this year? Zero. The best one he faced was Boston College, which was 30th. Now, Boston College was playing at home, and that was mostly a close game for a half. Uh, I guess you could say it stretched into the third quarter. But Clemson struggled a little bit offensively. They did not. I mean, listen, they racked up 19 first downs, and they had 400-plus yards, but it was not one of their efficient games. Trevor Lawrence, 29 uh, against the best pass defense he's faced, 29 of 40 for 295. A TD and a pick. Not a great game. And again, this is not like you're facing the rest of the ACC, which is garbage this year. Boston College is a big step up. Notre Dame is going to be a big step up from that. Now you get a month to prepare for these guys. I think the Irish can slow Clemson a little. And I think it's a close game, and that's why I took them to cover 13. Nine's now down to 11. Now, uh, Michigan-Florida, which I spent earlier in the morning telling you there'd be no offense, Florida just had a 46-yard touchdown run, and it looks like it's going to be coming back. I think he stepped out of bounds, yeah. Foot was on the line. Michigan, of course. Listen, Michigan last year, I feel like I remember the exact game because I like it was such a bad beat. Michigan had the lead, like, most of the game, dominating into the third quarter, and then they just collapse late. Here we go. Jim Harbaugh, scripted first series. Bing, bang, boom, touchdown. I think it's going to come back. His foot was on the out-of-bounds line. Uh, Not a lot to love about Florida, to be honest with you, but uh, I took the points. Um, So, anyways, back to quickly Clemson-Notre Dame. And the only problem if Notre Dame were to win this game and we had a gambling guy on earlier said a lot of money line bets are on the Irish. The only problem is if they win this game, they're going to have no chance against Bama. And that and that would stink. So part of me is kind of rule, rooting for Clemson. Here, I don't know personally if they'll have a shot to beat Bama, but I think they would certainly have a better chance than Notre Dame. If if the spread for Oklahoma's 14 uh, what's Alabama going to be favored by against Notre Dame? 14 and a half? 15? I mean, it's just, that's the problem. Alabama's so darn good right now. And what, uh, you know, one thing that I looked at was the awards. Uh, and college football awards, like nobody really pays attention to them. But when you look at um, what what transpired in the award season, it was like, oh, uh, wait. Oklahoma's winning all the awards? Oklahoma. Kyler Murray gets the Heisman over Tua. You're telling me you don't think that Nick Saban is in there saying, hey, you guys think you got the best quarterback here in Tua? Well, that guy, Kyler Murray, just won the Heisman. And he won the Davey O'Brien Award for best quarterback. Best quarterback. Not Tua. Kyler Murray. And I just, I cannot wait to hear what Nick Saban was saying to his defense about how good Kyler Murray is and how dominant he is, how Baker Mayfield and Lincoln Riley hung 48 on Georgia last year. Do you know the motivational tactics that Nick Saban's going to employ? I I just, there's no way you could take me to back Oklahoma in this spot. No shot. I think if you want to in-game bet it, and Kyler Murray scores on the first drive, let's say Oklahoma gets the ball, scores on the first drive, I would get even Alabama at value there. Maybe the line's nine and a half um, if Oklahoma goes up 7 nothing on an opening drive. I would bet Alabama in that spot. One, um, The guy I want to watch here, uh, and you know I love to talk NFL draft, I do mock drafts on the big lead all the time, Quinnen Williams, the stud defensive lineman, for Alabama. I think he's number 92. When you watch him, I mean the guy's dominant. Go on YouTube and look up Quinn and Williams LSU. He lived in the backfield in the LSU game. Just stuffed everything. I want my Jets to draft him at 3. Now, the Jets could go I mean depending what happens. I don't think Arizona's beating Seattle, so I don't think the Jets can get one, but they could get two. Outside chance they get two, maybe they get three. I'm not I don't want the Jets to beat the Patriots. I want them to get as high of a pick as possible. And I believe if they get this kid Quinn and Williams, that would be an awesome get. Then you spend in free agency, go spend on Dante Fowler or, or somebody. And next thing you know, the Jets have a fearsome defensive line. That would be nice. Um I do believe trading down will be an option for the Jets. I mean, as much as I like Quinn and Williams, you can find value. Uh, later in the first round. By the way, before we go to break here, I just got to remind you guys, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted a guy named Vita Vea. Remember they passed on Derwin James, and everybody yelled at Tampa, what the hell are you guys doing? Derwin James Now, Derwin James has been awesome. Probably the defensive rookie of the year. He, I've loved everything out of him. Now, I will say this, Darius Leonard for the Colts is going to challenge for rookie of the year on defense, but he's a linebacker. I don't know that they'll give it to him. Um, Vita Vea, the last three games, has been utterly dominant in the middle of that Tampa line. Total game changer for the Bucs. He stopped everything. That's why they nearly beat the Saints. His play is why they were able to hang with the Ravens. Vita Vea's play is why they were able to cover against the Cowboys. Defensive, right now, the NFL, you need defensive tackles. You need defensive ends, and you need cornerbacks. And New York Jets, keep an eye on Quinnen Williams of Alabama today, the guy to watch against Oklahoma. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider, will stop by, try to help us make sense of Black Monday, which is rapidly approaching. Quick note on the Michigan-Florida game. Remember it looked like Michigan had a 45-yard touchdown? Called back because he stepped out of bounds. They got stopped on third and one, and they just ran it on fourth and one with a fullback dive, and the measurement says no. Turnover on downs, Florida football. Jim Harbaugh, I love you, buddy. Love you, but uh, thank you for failing there. Go Gators! Adam Kaplan, NFL insider next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Very excited for the college football playoff today. Of course, guy who has a show after me, Steve Hartman, just walked in the studio. Oh, Clemson's going to kill Notre Dame. Okay. All right. I've only been talking up Notre Dame here for a good two hours. I really like the Irish's chances to keep it close. Win, I don't know. But cover 13, I definitely think they can. Um, We want to go to – we've done a lot of college football so far. A lot of college football. We will get back to the NFL shortly. This Michigan-Florida game, I'm telling you, what was that crappy bowl game this week? Um, TCU Cal. Okay? So, life is too short to watch these exhibition games. Reminder, any bowl game that's not a playoff with the Rose Bowl is an exhibition. That's all it is. And I ain't watching no game where there's nine interceptions between two awful quarterbacks. These bowl games stink. By the way, before we get to our next guest, Adam Kaplan, NFL Insider. They stink! I got to just say, if you watched any of that Iowa State, um, Iowa State, Washington State game last night, like what a joke. The referees were awful. I mean, again, I'm not going on a rant here about college football, but there were two targeting calls on the same team within like an eight minute span. Now, luckily, uh, Iowa State covered. I had two and a half. They lost by two. They were the better side, folks. If you watch that game, every advanced stat yesterday, yards per play, whatever. They were better. And unfortunately, sometimes a better team doesn't win. All right, let's get back to the NFL here. Joining us now, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider. Adam, good afternoon. How are you?
8: Good to be with you, my friend. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, Matt Campbell, the uh, Iowa State head coach, is someone the NFL teams are looking at. Yes. I can that. He's, he's a young guy. It, the question is always, Jason, when we look at college coaches who are young, can they make the big step because it's completely different from coaching college football. You, you, you're not recruiting. You're trying to manage some players who, quite frankly, are, are going to be a challenge. It's, <laughs> you're, you're not trying to mold young men. I mean, you're talking about grown men here in the National Football League. It's always a challenge. But you've got to be out-of-the-box thinker. Matt Rule's another guy. The uh, Baylor head coach has done a great job of turning that program around. He, he interviewed for the Colts uh, head coaching job uh, last year. So, uh, I I think some college head coaches could get some calls this time around.
1: Interesting. Adam Kaplan, NFL insider. So, Adam, let's go back to Matt Campbell for a moment. Uh, So I was talking to someone uh, who's in in the NFL about my New York Jets. And I mentioned Campbell, and they said they like him a lot. The problem is right now the Jets are going through an issue with their owner in the front office where they want someone with NFL head coaching experience. And, you know, that – kind of leads me to this Mike McCarthy situation. You know, if you're the Jets, what do you think? Uh, McCarthy or Campbell? I mean, I don't know what to make of Mike McCarthy because Aaron Rodgers has been so good. But we've seen Matt Campbell be an excellent coach. Uh, just your thoughts on that situation.
8: Yeah, I think with McCarthy, first of all, here's a guy that who really molded uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was he was really the guy who just developed him over a series of years. And I remember talking to Mike uh, uh, a while back about kind of what the challenges were when he got him, And he, he managed to adjust in his mechanics about the way he held the football. But I think when you, when you really look at it, this guy's a Super Bowl winner. And, yes, I think it, it, it certainly fell off a little bit. But there, there's a belief in league circles. Look, when you're, when you're at a one organization for more than 10 years, it's probably going to be time to leave. There's just a shelf life, and and with co- with coaches with, with with the same team. It, Andy Reid went through this in Philly. Uh, so Ooh, many of them do. Once good. you get past the 10 year mark, it, it's really tough. But I think with the Jets, the the thing that's attracted to that job is Sam Darnold. He is the one thing that you have there. And I've talked to some offensive coordinator candidates um, and also some head coaching candidates who really like that job because of Darnold, because he's a guy that you could build around, but. That roster needs a lot of development that, that, That's the one negative, because I think right now, when you look at it, Cleveland is probably the, Cleveland, I would say, is probably the top one, just because you've got a front office uh, it, it, you know that's there that, that that's strong. You've got your your franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield, who's certainly well on his way to being good. He had, he, he, he's had what we would call a good rookie season despite the, the, the tough matchup tomorrow, which may not go well. And you've got a lot of cap space, and you've got a good amount of draft picks for the future. So of all the openings uh, right now that we have, plus the ones that are projected, that's probably the best
1: one. Okay, I, I you said a lot of good stuff. I don't want to bounce around. But you mentioned the Browns being the most attractive job. I, are you sure it's open? Or are we sure Greg Williams isn't getting the job and, yes. key, and retaining the offensive coordinator as well, Kitchens? I,
8: I think it's interesting. So, you know, we, we talk about the Jets there, where I think they're, the, the Jets are going to have to make a decision. And, and it, you know, do they want a young and up-and-comer, or do they want someone who's more established like McCarthy? Now, you've got John Dorsey, who worked with uh, McCarthy, obviously, in Green Bay. But I think when you look at that one, what John's got to do is not get caught up in the moment. Obviously, things have turned around since uh, Greg Williams, who's their D coordinator, taken over as the interim head coach, and Freddie Kitchens has been an unbelievable story, Jason. If you look at where this guy was five years ago, he, he suffered a serious illness, he, he almost passed away. And to see what he's doing here with Baker Mayfield and how fearless he is, by the way, as an offensive coordinator for the first time in his career, it's, it's quite the story. And I think John it, it'll be John's call. Obviously he'll get input from um, the ownership, but it's going to be John's call. And he, he, th- this is going to be a tough decision. He's not really tipping off his hand. Uh, you know, they've interviewed some coaches already, and they're going to be, interview a bunch next week, because they are, aren't going to the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. The thought around the league is it's going to be a guy from the offensive side of football if he does not retain Greg Williams as the head coach. Now here's the other question. If Greg is not named head coach, will he be willing to stay around as a D coordinator? He's done a great job in that area. So there, there, there's a lot to unpack with the Browns, but this is, you know, for the first time in over a decade, we're actually talking positively about what's going on in Berea, and that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> talking with Adam Kaplan. All right, Adam, let's, uh, let's go back to something else you said. Uh, McCarthy, and I hadn't thought about this. In a way, he was maligned the same way Andy Reid was in Philadelphia near the end. And then the Chiefs got him, and it was like, ah, there's a retread, but look what Reid has done. Really nice things. However, Adam, he's kind of plagued by some of the same game management, clock management, end-of-game situations that plagued him in Philly. Uh, Even though they have the inside track to be the number one seed, I don't think a lot of people buy the Chiefs as being the team to beat in the AFC. Do you think McCarthy is thought of in the same way as Reed was?
8: No, I, I, I think the knock on Mike is that he's a little bit too conservative, and, and maybe he needs a younger offensive coordinator candidate that's a little bit more innovative. I think, that's a fair, I think that's a fair point. In fact, someone else brought that up to me this week who works in the league. Sometimes you, you need a little bit of a push from a younger coach to, to show you some things you probably, when you're coaching, you, you have not seen well, you're not. You're just not aware because I think coaches will tell you, Jason, that when you're coaching, you're you're just into it for the moment. You're not aware of some other things, and maybe he needs to have someone who will get, have a little bit more input as a coordinator because you know Mike calls the plays and he has full autonomy uh, to do what he wants um, in terms of coaching. So I, I could I, I think that might be one thing. Now with Andy Reid, you know what? And, and it's fair to say occasionally there's some challenges with time management. But if they don't make the Super Bowl, it's not going to be about about their offense. It's about their defense. Yeah. Their defense is pitiful. It's, um, and, and I don't think it's such so much a coaching issue. I know the, the fans at Kansas City keep telling me that it's got to be Bob Sutton. If you look at the talent level on defense, it's clearly not good enough. Talking to teams that play the Chiefs, they criticize the, the talent level. They need to get younger. Eric Berry's 30 now. Uh, Justin Houston's not the, the same player. They're outside linebacker. Um, D Ford's a nice player, but he's not great. Uh, they, they need more playmakers on defense. Remember, you can say what you want about Marcus Peters before the trade, he was looking like he's going to be a superstar corner, and obviously they moved away from him because of uh, issues that they had with him. But and I know he hasn't played as well with the Rams, but he was great for them. They have not adequately adequately replaced him. They need a talent infusion on defense. They're not going to win the Super Bowl until they do that.
0: Certainly,
1: talking with Adam Kaplan. All right, Adam, let's buzz through a couple of these job openings. Uh, just a name that pops into your head, something you've heard. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, dirt cutters, obviously, toast. Front office could be as well. A lot of decisions there with the Jameis Winston situation. Uh, your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Bucks?
3: You know,
8: it's interesting. Yeah, so we, we had Dirk on satellite radio with us last night. He, he said he's not been told anything. So <laughs> that's kind of where that, yeah, he doesn't know yet. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, the thought around the league is that there's probably going to be move here. And if there is, I could tell you this there are some, there are some head coaching candidates. That are not real thrilled with Jameis Winston uh, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> based on his you know, based on his availability and plus the turnovers and so what one guy this week mentioned the, the turnover issue. No matter how he's coached, and by the way, he's had very good coaching. That's not the issue. It's really now up to the player to do the right thing. And remember, now in March they have a decision to make on his contract. If he's on the roster, his base salary becomes fully guaranteed. Oh. So. Um, it, the thought around the league is going to be a coach from the offensive side of the football, um, someone who could develop a quarterback. And then, obviously, they have to make a decision on the front office and who's going to be the quarterback. So you're right. So many things are going on in Tampa Bay, and a lot of it will will get decided in the next couple of days.
1: Sounds like Steve Wilkes is toast as well in Arizona. I, I, you know, I will, I've will. i heard some stuff. Uh, they were very excited about Josh Rosen, and he looks so good in the offseason. And I, I wonder if uh, there's some people there – Thinking doubt is creeping in about his rookie year. Like, listen, Josh Allen has looked better than Josh Rosen. Nobody yeah, saw that coming. I, I don't.
8: I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't. Yes, he has not played well. There's no question. It's hard to defend it. But you look at the coaching, the offensive coordinator it's fired before the midway point. Yep, yep. And that's on Wilkes. Wilkes, you know, Wilkes chose him. Uh, I think sometimes what happens is with with uh, Jason with head coaches on the defensive side of the football, they just don't know offensive uh, coaches really well. But I will tell you, according to a team source. Uh, Mike McCoy is not a first-choice offense coordinator. The guy he wanted, I'm told, was not available. And, you know, Mike McCoy is a guy that is a former head coach, and, you know, he, he had been fired by the Broncos. And I think that's the one where, if, if it goes down like we think, with Wilkes being dismissed, that that move, choosing the wrong guys as coordinator, is probably the one, the big one that cost him his the job. But you know what? The defense has not been good, but remember, they changed their scheme this season. They went from a 34 which they ran for years, and they went to a 43, and it clearly has not worked so well.
1: True story. All right, Adam, quickly, we'll get you out of here on this. Cincinnati Bengals. I-, I don't know how Marvin Lewis is still employed by them. I know the ownership is crazy and likes to keep him around. Uh, there's no way you can bring him back, right? And please tell me there's no shot of Hugh Jackson being the guy.
8: Well, Hugh's the guy that I know for a fact. Uh, Mike Brown, the owner, does like him. But oh,
1: my goodness.
8: The 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 thing with this contract is, I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember looking at his last year. I think it's one year with an option. Um, but it was a two-year deal, but I think the second year was an option. You're a club option. But nevertheless, it's hard to imagine a scenario where Marvin will be back. Um, yes, they lost their starting quarterback, but you know what? Remember now, the owner makes all the personnel decisions. And that that's the thing. Mark, Marvin's one of the few guys who will go along with it. So we'll see what happens. That one is hard to forecast. Mike Brown has not tipped his hand. I, I have a pretty good idea about where four to five of these are going to go. And by the way, the, the average per year is about seven. I'm expecting a minimum. We have two already. I'm expecting a minimum of five more, and it's a shame these things happen, but they're going to happen. That's just the volatility of the business.
1: All right, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. Good stuff, Adam. Thank you, and uh, have a great weekend.
8: Anytime. Thank you.
1: A lot to chew on there. Uh, woo! Tons! Um, but first, uh, before we move on, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports.
6: The latest, Jason, is the Peach Bowl. Florida and Michigan scoreless. 5.45 left in the first quarter. A third and goal for Florida from the four-yard line. They throw an incomplete pass. So a field goal attempt for the Gators upcoming. They are scoreless with the Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of what's trending, also being beginning to trend on Twitter for this game, Peach Bowl referee Mike DeFee, who is being referred to on social media currently as, quote, beef ref, unquote, due to his large biceps, so large that Ed Hockley is now being referred to as the Mike DeFee of the National Football League. Florida, by the way, lining up a field goal attempt as we speak. Evan McPherson, from 21 yards out at the 541 mark of the first quarter, drills the right-footed kick through the upright, so Florida takes a 3-0 lead over Michigan in the Peach Bowl at something called the Belk Bowl. Virginia has just taken a 7-0 lead over South Carolina, three and a half minutes left to play in the first quarter. This report presented by GEICO. Great news, there's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to geico.com, but in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. At 4 p.m. Eastern from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, the first semifinal of the college football playoff, it'll be Notre Dame taking on Clemson in the Cotton Bowl. Maney Robinson, who covers Clemson for the Greenville News, just tweeted, quote, if you're in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl and you don't have a parking pass, be prepared to walk or be prepared to pay, unquote. As he tweeted a video of a sign that costs $60 to park with AT&T Stadium way off in the distance. I would say at least a half mile, three-quarters of a mile away, 60 bucks to park from that spot. Then at 8 p.m. Eastern, it's the Orange Bowl between Alabama and Oklahoma. We covered all for you here at Fox Sports Radio, even a fan guide to the Cotton Bowl. Jason, back to you.
1: Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, Florida hit the field goal. Couple plays down the field. Listen, these bowl games, man, they are sloppy. They're ugly. I, I will admit, I have not watched a, a lot of bowl games this year. Gavin, have, have you been watching a lot outside of the
5: studio where they're on I'm, here? Yeah, no, no, because most of them have been terrible. And the ones that I've seen while at work have been terrible, such as the Purdue game yesterday. Um, and by the way, that Florida, uh, the, the play calling there was kind of questionable in the red zone. They don't know what they're doing. And that... There there was a play where he the quarterback just ran to the sideline for like a loss of 1 yard. Yeah. That showed me the, the 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 value of Patrick Mahomes cuz there was a guy in the end zone there that was actually open and Mahomes would wouldn't have missed that throw. No. So it's kind of plays like that that make you think, man, that guy is the MVP.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, we don't we don't really have a ton of time cuz we ran long with Adam Kaplan. I wanted to quickly go back to the NBA. So, honestly, I have not been looking. If you guys have been listening to the show and chiming in on Twitter or whatever, I haven't heard anything. Because every time I open it up, I see, like, 75 notifications, and it's just a bunch of Dallas Mavericks fans angry at me. Uh, And, again, I'll just recap it for for the Dallas fans who are tuning into the show. Uh, I just don't want to give away where I heard this stuff from. But, at any rate, I moved to L.A. about two years ago. Okay, and um, I just happened to go to a gym where a lot of NBA players work out, uh, trainers, again, Jerry West and the Clippers were holding workouts at my gym. So, I, you know me, I'm a chatty guy. I, the reporter in me is always like, hey, who are you? You look like a pro. Oh, Andrew Bynum. Oh, okay, I see. Damian Lillard, hey, what's up? I'm going to go talk to people. And I've made some connections around the NBA, couple in the NFL, but mostly NBA. And so when I hear stuff like, hey, Tristan Thompson punched out Draymond Green. And I heard that this summer. I said it on the show. And um turns out it was true. Story came out a couple weeks later. Um, I've heard a couple other things. And I heard something recently about the Dallas Mavericks. That Dennis Smith, who I love. I love Dennis Smith as a player, man. That kid is talented. I wish the Knicks had drafted him. I had heard that Dennis Smith, we know he's a me-first point guard. You know, people say, oh, he's kind of Russell Westbrook-ish. I had heard that Dennis Smith of the Mavericks had started irking his teammates this year because he's a little bit too me-first. He's supposed to be a point guard. He's not playing like a point guard. And, of course, they have little J.J. Barea famously guarded LeBron in the finals. You know, nobody will ever forget that. Um, J.J. Barea is a pass-first point guard. And some of the players, I I don't really want to say names, but, you know, let's just say players who are used to playing with point guards who get them the ball for dunks. Who is it? They prefer the pass-first point guard, J.J. Barea. Now, obviously, nobody doesn't – they don't hate Dennis Smith. They just don't like that he's selfish and shoot first. And last night, the Mavs were playing a tough one against Anthony Davis – And Luka Doncic is having another tremendous game because he's ridiculous and a lock for the rookie of the year. Luka Doncic doesn't get the shot. He was obviously not happy. He didn't say it because he's a young kid. But I tweet out the stuff I had heard about Dennis Smith and the Mavericks. And Rick Carlisle has talked to Dennis Smith about this. Said, hey, man, you got to pass the ball. Look at Dennis Smith's minutes early in the season, folks. He's starting point guard playing like 20 to 25 minutes a game. Okay, and now all these guys, Dennis Smith responded to me on social media and now all the Mavericks fans are like, you know, nothing. So bottom line to fans of this show who are saying, hey, man, you forgot to talk about this or you didn't talk. Oh, there's a nice play by Michigan. I I can't really read the mentions. They're a hot mess right now. So hopefully they will clear up later and I will reply as I'm watching Notre Dame Clemson uh, in a couple hours. All right, we will be back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, to wrap it up after this. But I, I, I'm i going to get Nick and Gavin thinking. Will the Lakers make a move at the deadline? Let let that marinate because, remember, uh, Anthony Davis is not going to get traded at the deadline. That's a fact. So if you make a move, are you using some of your powder that you should keep for the offseason? We'll get back to that after this. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes? Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Jay Patterson gets Michigan on the board. Nine yard TD pass to a kid who's a nice player, Donovan Peoples Jones. He's got a nice, co- he's had some good punt returns this season. But that was a nice drive by Michigan. Very impressive stuff. They're about to kick the extra point to go up 7-3. Uh, if they get down two scores, uh, the Gators are going to be in deep trouble here. Um, let's get back quick. So, college football, just want to go on the record. I am on Notre Dame plus 13 and a half. Steve Hartman, who does the show after me, thinks that they are going to get curb stomped. I uh, I think it'll be close, and I would not be shocked by a win by Notre Dame. I do think Alabama wins handily. Oklahoma cannot hang with them. And uh, that's that. So I wanted to quickly end on the NBA briefly. So first of all, I and I did not uh, tee up this one to you guys, Gavin and Nick, but um, one of my guys at the big lead was just sending me a note here on Slack that Brian Windhorst was doing a podcast, and you guys know Windhorst. He's a guest on this show. Good dude. Really solid guy. And he's saying, "Don't rule out <laughs> Kevin Durant to the Celtics." Like, come on, I, this is this goes back to what we said earlier, and we'll we'll try to get Winhorst on next week to so we'll give him some give him some heat about this. Um, first of all, the Celtics cannot afford Kevin Durant. They can't just bring him in. Okay, they got to get rid of a bunch of people. And second of all, Durant's beef here is, I think, he wants to be the alpha, right? He wants to be the guy, the leader. It's his team. We know the Warriors aren't his team. He might be the best player on the team, the NBA Finals MVP twice in a row. Some people would say Curry. That's another argument for a different day. He wants his own team. He goes to the Knicks with Zion and Porzingis. It's his team. He goes to the Celtics. Kyrie Irving didn't want to be with LeBron because he wants his team Kyrie Irving has his team. He's the leader. He's calling the closed-door meetings. He's calling out uh, all these dudes, um, you know, selfish guys on the team, whether it's Rozier, Tatum, whoever. Um, I don't think Kevin Durant and the Celtics is even possible. That being said, let's go back to the original. Should the Lakers consider a move before the trade deadline? Uh, I get (laughs) – Uh, we interrupt this NBA discussion Michigan Florida is drunk did you see how open that guy was and the Florida quarterback so bad he just lobbed it up like a 50 yard play should have been a touchdown okay back to the NBA Nick and Gavin should the Lakers consider a move we know Rondo's hurt right was he at the, uh, the wrist or hand pinky he's out four to five weeks we know Lonzo's playing better should the Lakers consider a move before the February trade deadline? I say yes. What do you say, Nick? Whoa, wait, whoa, a timeout. You can't just say yes. I was going to say, okay. Give me the, give me the move. You, you want the, the move?
3: Okay, here it is. Give him the farm. Go ahead, Gavin.
5: Okay, well, LeBron knows they need to get more shooting. They clearly, look at the last two games. They need some help. You try to get Bradley Beal. All right. This is what you give up. What are you giving up? I hate to do this because I love this guy. You give up Zubats. You give up Ingram. He's got to go. Wow. And you probably have to give up KCP or, or Hart or s- some combination. So
1: oh, that's a lot for Bradley Beal. Yeah. It I is. would say three.
5: I, I would say three of those. Okay,
1: but here's my my beef with that. You now are out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Because you're not going to have enough left to trade. And even if you I don't and know, I guess the Beal's salaries contract. would have to match, but are like if you're giving up Ingram and a Hart or Zubach. What are you giving for Anthony Davis? I guess, though, Beal, Anthony Davis, and LeBron is a pretty damn good big three, and you could build around them. Oh, if you have those three, you're... And then you could do, like, what the Heat yeah. did. We've got three awesome players and then a bunch of minimum salary dudes. Um, I think you could ring still... Ring chasers, looking to play with LeBron. Now, that's yeah. interesting. You would have no Lonzo. You would have no Ingram, no Hart, no Kuzma, obviously... I don't know, Nick. but if the end up if
5: the return ended up to be Anthony Davis, Beal, and LeBron, that's that. pretty
1: filthy. We'll have Nick. to get a capologist on here. <laughs> we'll get file Eric that away. Pincus, yeah, uh, Pincus, yeah. Hey, let's get him next week.
3: Look, if it what you guys are talking about to get Beal and Davis, I don't, I just don't see that happening remotely. To get Davis, you're gonna have to give up everybody and probably a pick too. And guess what? But I, I don't. Okay, that, that's off season though. I don't. No, I don't oh, think and, oh, they're going to make him available in February. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. It's, I mean, still, I still think it's going to be a big, big, crazy haul because Anthony Davis is a top three player in the league. So I just I, look. I, I my thing is, will they do it? I hope so. Will the, Will the Pelicans do it? I'm not okay, sure. Okay. But
1: but back up at the deadline, Beal's not going to. Uh, I'm sorry, Davis will be available. Do you go after Beal or someone else? No.
3: Interesting. I don't want to.
1: I, I I'm actually starting to lean your way, Nick, and here's why. Kevin Durant, if he stays, like, I, if he stays in Golden State, I don't think you're beating him. I don't care who you get in the offseason. But if he leaves, you could maybe make, especially if he goes to the East. So I, I love him in New York. Kevin Durant or AD? The, uh, Durant. Well, the league wants Durant in New York. Badly. I mean, New York stinks. You can't put them on TV. There you are, can't put Chicago on TV. There are cracks in the Warriors' yeah. foundation. I've seen it. Folks, we just set up a great 2019. Everybody have a safe new year. That's for sure. Thank you. Isaac, Iowa Sam, Nick, producer Gavin, uh, Steve Hartman's up next. Uh, again, have a safe New Year's Eve. Catch me on FS1 all week. Uh, pray for me in the super contest. I need a 5-0 and to win a lot of money.